Well, let's go ahead and start by reading Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Jasmine, do you mind reading it? Okay. I'm going to have to start on one page and flip the page. Me Remember too. last week you were like, oh no, I, I got to flip. You can do it. I can, can do flip. this. All right. You can be a good flipper. <laughs> the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do you, you're just, sorry, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth in an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. Mm -hmm. So today, kind of the summary of this day, the issue that the people were asking Jesus about is fasting. Mm -hmm. John's disciples fasted, and it says in one of the other Gospels, twice a week. The Pharisees. Right. Monday and Thursdays. I read that. Oh, yes. okay. But, you know, something interesting is in the Old Testament, you, you've got um, specialized fasts, like Matthew, uh, Moses fasted when he went up on the mountain. Daniel fasted. Mm -hmm. uh, but the people were not required to fast at all, except for on Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. Mm -hmm. But the fasting came after the exile, when they came back from Babylon. Because they wanted to seek the Lord and not get off track again. Mm -hmm. Ezra was one who fasted at uh, Ahava for three days. Mm -hmm. So fasting became, and then it became a rule and it mm -hmm. became a yep. work. And then it became a tradition. And you could tell the spiritual people from the less spiritual people by mm -hmm. their fasting. Also, mm -hmm. <clears throat> one of the reasons John's disciples fasted is because John had been violently taken away from them. And because oh. of that, they were fasting. And at this time, John is probably in prison. Okay. And Herod's holding him. So they're probably fasting for his release. Okay. Right. And he's not with him. So that brings so much more sense to when Jesus said mm -hmm. about the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. When the bridegroom is present, there's you don't fast, you celebrate. Mm -hmm. Do you think that I, I was trying to correlate this, but I wasn't sure um, if it really fit in. But in John 12, when, when Jesus says, you know, the poor you have with you always, but me, you do not have. And so I, I'm not sure if that I think correlates that's at all. But great. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, okay. yeah, I think that's a great thing to say, because that's the idea. And what we're going to see today, and then as we get further into Mark, is that Jesus' disciples were, um, they had this, uh, how do I say this? They were not self-aware. They were so enjoying their time with Jesus, which yeah. is right. Yeah. You know, in His presence is fullness of joy, according mm. to Psalm 16. Totally. And what you see is they're not fasting. They're enjoying Jesus. Mm. I mean, wouldn't it seem ridiculous to be with Jesus and go, you know, you know, here's, here's the author of life and to yeah. go, you know what? I'm so sad because right. He heals every problem. He takes care yes. of, you know, um, all sickness, to cast out demons, and to be depressed in his presence, it's yeah. like, no, yes. there's no cause. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, no wonder he commended Mary, you yes. know, like you're sitting at my feet, mm -hmm. that's the right thing to do. Exactly. Enjoy being in my presence. Joy. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere too that like the marriage feast in the Jewish culture, it was that whole week that the only job of the people who attended the wedding feast was to rejoice. That's so mm. good. And so that example so of him being the bridegroom, like their job is to rejoice <laughs> and to be full of joy, just like you were saying, mm -hmm. being with Jesus. So good. 
Okay, so that's kind of to me what is the explanation. Mm-hmm. He gave the explanation of the bridegroom. And what two examples did he give to his followers? Sewing. Actually, I, I, I got something new for okay, me out what? of this part. Okay, what? Share with us. Uh, sewing the new piece of cloth on the old garment and mm-hmm. then putting the new wine into old wineskins. And I was thinking about this, and I, I was because of the way the questions asked, it caused me to pause and meditate. <laughs> I was like, okay, what... You know, what, what about this stands out? And I realized, I was like, you know what? Um, a lot of times we, I, I think about like, Jesus is doing a new thing here, which he is. Mm-hmm. But I was noticing the fact that a wine, it's still, when you're talking about old and new wineskins, old and new uh, cloth, it's still all cloth. And so there was like a continuity there. There's a, a mm-hmm. continuity, but a newness. And it just reminded me of how Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill it. And so he's like, yes, it's new, but it's, there's a continuity here. I'm not like coming to blow up everything. So I'm coming to fulfill and make new. That's so, excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay, cool. I anyway, that. it was cool That's for me. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, it's still a garment. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, one of my takeaways was Wearsby had this quote that said, he came to save sinners, not to call the religious. He came to bring joy and gladness, not sadness. He came to introduce the new, not patch up the old. I, you know, I saw too that the new covenant doesn't fill or patch and it will do things differently and require new ways. And that's what we see even in Ezekiel where God says, I'm going to write, uh, sorry, Jeremiah, I'm going to write the, well, in Ezekiel, the new covenant, but I'm going to write that covenant on their hearts Mm -hmm. and minds. And then there's that other part. They will no longer say, know the Lord, know the Lord. They will all know me yes. from the least to the greatest. We don't need an intercessor anymore because Jesus is our intercessor. Mm. So he's preparing them saying things are going to be different. Mm-hmm. And so um, I like that. You know, um, he's saying, I'm not adding new laws to old laws. Because if we add just new laws right. to all these old laws, it's just going to tear them. Well, that's what the Pharisees mm-hmm. did. They took mm-hmm. it way out of context right, and kept adding They just stuff. added more laws. In fact, I was just reading an article, and it was talking about how um, in the United States right now, because we don't have an individual morality, we don't mm-hmm. have like a, a moral court co- a code, that we have more laws than mm, ever right. that are meant to govern everything because people have no, like, we have to say, do not steal because people do not right. have the law in their hearts. Like, it's not right, right not a moral steal. compass. Right. To, yeah. uh, don't show prejudice. So we have to put, like, hate speech into a law because otherwise people will say these mean things. And I just thought, wow, because we, we don't have that law written on our hearts. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to write the law on your hearts so that you'll will to do this. You'll want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's part of the, mm-hmm. the new ways, you know. This is another thing that I love about Jesus. Just mm-hmm. this whole thing. He wants relationship. Yes. And he's moving them away from religion and the, yes. just the, like you're yes. saying, the laws and the rules. And again, bringing them back to that place of relationship. Yeah. And I think even too, that's like, as we're talking about all this too, like in, in Matthew 5, when he says, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. Mm-hmm. And that was, it's drawing it more to the level of, you know, hating someone in your heart. That's just mm-hmm. as bad as murder, you know, mm-hmm. like that you would want to go kill somebody in your heart. It's like, wait a minute, where's your heart at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so, what Jesus is always after is the heart. Yeah. Because he said, the heart's what matters, like you know, because mm-hmm. out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. In fact, I found that in my own life. Like when I say something naughty, Hardly ever. <laughs> but when At I, one time 20 yeah, years ago. <laughs> but when I do, it's like, okay, 
That was me that just said that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to get to the root of this, this is just a symptom. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the heart. I want to get to, you know, Lord, obviously I've got an issue with this. And I think that we have to be so honest yes, with ourselves. Yes. Like, you know what? Yes, Cheryl. Cheryl, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. You have an issue with this and you need to bring it before God and you need to talk mm-hmm. it over with God and get it taken care of because you're right. It's the heart. Mm-hmm. It's the heart. Yeah. That's true. Relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready to move on to the next day? We are. We day 14. This is good. We're, We're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 2, 23 through 28. Do you want to read it, Cheryl? Sure. <laughs> on the Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. And his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David and those who are with him did when he was in need and hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest and also gave some to his companions. Then he told them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So then, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Great. And so here we're seeing the Pharisees accuse Jesus' disciples of doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Okay, again, the disciples are having fun. Okay, we saw him like joyful, like we're not fasting, we're enjoying Jesus. And unconsciously just picking grains and just rubbing in their fingers and just popping them. They're not harvesting. Mm -hmm. They're not working. It's like a joyful, restful thing, Mm -hmm. just snacking. Mm -hmm. And the Pharisees are so tied up in all their extra laws. And, you know, I once heard somebody say, that the Pharisees just rejoice spoilers. That they just mm, totally. did not like seeing how much Jesus followers, mm. and they're not disciples yet. Right now they're still followers, right? Right, right. But how much they left, of course they're called disciples, but we're going to get to that. Yes, yes. But how much they just enjoy mm. being with Jesus. And freedom. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're not sitting there thinking about, yes. yeah, like I'm going to break the law. They're just mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. living life and yes. enjoying, like you said, and just mm-hmm. following, having freedom. And just unconscious of themselves. Yeah. And then here, Jesus uses the example of David and how when his men were hungry, they ate the um, the show. bread and the show bread. Mm-hmm. And so what point do you think he was making here? Oh, I, I saw a lot of points. Mm. Um, Go for it. <laughs> okay, one, God realized man's need. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he realized man's need. And the Sabbath was made for man's need for rest. And so when it came to need, God is the provider. So that bread could be used for human need because mm-hmm. God cares about our need. And so that was like point one. Point two, um, the Sabbath is made for man's benefit, not God's. So it's mm-hmm. not like uh, God's driving right. any benefit from us keeping the Sabbath. The benefit of resting in the Lord is all ours. Mm-hmm. It, it's all ours. You know, God knows that it's not good for us to fret. So he writes, fret not, right? you know, because of evildoers. He knows our need of rest and it's to our benefit to rest. Mm-hmm. And he knows that we'll break down physically, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, mentally, emotionally. Um, for those of us who have gone without sleep, you know that you're yep. wasted. Yep. 
So he knows that shows again that we're human and he is not. Like we have these needs. Three, it's about humans' need for health. Yeah. And number four, when the Sabbath is placed first, it becomes a work and the opposite of what it was created or intended for. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's what what was happening, right? Is that Mm -hmm. the Pharisee, like like you were saying, the original law was to be a benefit and right, to help. Right. Like even like don't eat these animals and these kind of things. That's or let the ground right. even go fallow for a number right. of years. Yes. Just for the health so of your the crops soil. Will be, exactly. Mm-hmm. For the soil. Exactly. And so all of those things. And yet the things they added on had nothing to do with that. Well, they so. made it one a work and then they made it a burden. Yep. Right? And then they made it a condemnation mm. that they begin to use the Sabbath. And that's what we're going to see as we get into chapter three, that they made the Sabbath a ground for condemnation, yes, which it was never meant to be that. And and when we read in the Old Testament where the man was stoned for gathering sticks on the Sabbath, that was because God was enforcing, you need rest. And right then mm-hmm. at the beginning of it, if he had let that guy get away with it, Israel would have started, you know, um, trying to work on the Sabbath. Yeah, work all week. And so he was setting a precedent. So he was kind of enforcing this. This is going to be something. But God didn't add extra laws to it then, which would have been the operative opportunity. That would have been the moment. Yeah, Yeah, don't winnow or don't... Right. Grain between your yeah. fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have and said all that. And it seems to me, like even in Leviticus and in um, Deuteronomy, that God goes a long way to explain the proper use of the Sabbath. I don't think we needed all that extra commentary mm-hmm. on it, you know? So here again, we see Jesus setting us free from the crushing burden yes. of religion. Mm-hmm. What is your takeaway from today? What's the biggest thing you take away? Oh, no, I just thought of Hosea 6, like, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Oh, that's so good. That was just, yeah. that kept coming to mind as I was reading And you know this. that's mentioned twice in Matthew? Oh, yeah, that's right. He yeah, quotes Jesus it quotes it. Yeah. says you need to learn this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you had known this, you wouldn't be condemning the um, innocent. Yeah, or even the fast that, yeah. you know, like he says in Isaiah, this is the fast that I've proclaimed, showing mercy to the poor. Yes, yes, exactly, as if it's yes, yes. Brian talks. So I mm-hmm. put that Jesus is our best example of how God meant for men to live, um, live the law out. I mean, it's not like Jesus, as you said before, he's not abolishing. Mm-hmm. He's fulfilling it. He's mm-hmm. saying, this is what it looks like when you're doing it right. Yes, mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be. And it's enjoyable when you're doing it right. Yes. And he lived it out perfectly. Yes. And then, um, again, the law was made, you know, even Paul says, you know, the law was good and right. Mm-hmm. And it was made for our good and not for our oppression. Mm -hmm. Because I think we get the wrong idea of the law because there are those who come in and add these extra laws and they make it oppressive like they had done with the law. And so we start thinking, oh, the law is bad, but the law is good. Mm -hmm. And Jesus showed, um, I don't think this, the goodness of the law. Mm -hmm. He showed the goodness. He showed how it's like, it's meant for man's benefit. It safeguards us. It helps us. It it blesses us. It it guides us. Yeah. And so um, it was made to help men not exploit or condemn. Yeah. But then again, sin marred the law. Mm-hmm. Because with their sin, they added traditions. Mm-hmm. They added extra to it. And they used it as a means to hurt instead of help. Mm. And that's where I really see sin entering 
and beginning to corrupt the law and make it something that it was never meant to be. Man, interesting you know, point. And actually, going back to what Angie said, mm -hmm. I think I, that's helped. That's helped me, especially when looking at the Old Testament with the law and even with the prophets. If you look at it through the eyes of relationship, yes, that that's God's goal. Yes. you see all that, and it like it really does set you free, and it helps. Like that's why God did this. Right. He loves us. He that's cares. Right. That's right. So looking at it through that lens mm -hmm. is so yes. huge, and it helps me, like as a parent, when I'm talking to my children about the things that God has set up. He set them up for our good not yes. for our harm. And it's not just to put shackles on us or put us in this narrow yes. box, but it's really for our own good. And, and yeah. Jesus said, you know, when they asked him, what is the greatest of all the commandments? He said, one, love the Lord thy God mm -hmm. with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is like to it, mm -hmm. which is like, oh, he puts on part. I just read a book, this, um, which is to love your neighbors yourself, but I just read a yes. book and it called it the, 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 um, uh, the, cruciform of the Christian life. Mm. That mm. the upward part is loving God with all of our heart, mind, and strength. And this part is loving others as ourselves. Mm. Isn't that like, yeah. and he said, and he put it on a cross mm. to show us he's doing this out of obedience to God. Mm. And yet for us, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to, that's a keeper. Yeah, but that's the purpose. It, you know, this is what the law was intended to do. Mm -hmm. One, that we would love God with all our heart. That's, you know, mm -hmm. no idols, um, no graven images, mm. but then that we would love others as we love yes. ourselves, you know, that we're not going, we're going to honor marriage and we're going to mm -hmm. honor our parents and we're not going to steal and we're not going to, uh, defraud, you know, covet. And so anyway, and so love fulfills the law. Yes. yes so exactly. I had one more little um, yes, thing on this page before we move on. I found it really interesting in verse 28 that Jesus refers to himself as the son of yes, man. The that's son so of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that from the prophetic word in Daniel? Seven. Where Daniel 7, Ooh, 13, that's right. where it's speaking of the Messiah. That's right. And so in the Gospels, I read that Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man over 80 times. Like it's wow. his right. favorite reference right. to himself. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's got to be meaning in that too, wow. that he's calling himself the Son of Man. He is saying mm. at that point, I am what every man yes. should be. Right. You know, I the am. Exemplar. I am your example and I am your head. You should be following me. I'm the son of man. And mm -hmm. again, yes, that you see in Daniel, but also in Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel is called the son of man. Mm -hmm. Son of man. Mm -hmm. Son mm -hmm. of Interesting. man. Yeah. So it reminds us of our humanity mm -hmm. too. And again, Jesus became one of us. Yes. You know, fully he man. became a man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's and he came to set us free. So that's so good. Let's oh, that's move on. Good. Yeah, I didn't really Today, 15. So this is Mark 3. We're moving on to chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And I'll go ahead and read it. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a weather, withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had a withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved at the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. In verse six, then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Mm. 
You know, it's interesting because when you're reading, I can kind of tell like what your favorite parts are. <laughs> and I think it's the same way with me. It's like, uh-huh. oh, this is my, you know, there are just certain things that speak Emphasize. to you. I think you're right. Yes. That, that you just can't help but emphasize. And obviously you emphasize stand. And you emphasized how grieved he was mm-hmm. at the yes. hardness of his heart. Yes. And I love that word grieved. Mm-hmm. He was just, it just made him heart sick. Yeah. You know, like, oh gosh, is this what has happened to men? Can they really feel mm. so cold and so callous to the plight of other men? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you don't grieve unless you love someone. That's right. And Jesus Ooh, that's loves great. these people and he wants to see them care more about life than like what we were just talking about with the Sabbath. Do you care more about life or do you care about just these laws? Oh, and the law. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So I, that's a great point. I see this as a setup, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's no question about the fact that Jesus could heal and did heal. Like right. they knew, they knew human need meeting Jesus would result in healing. Mm-hmm. They knew this. Yep. And they knew that Jesus wouldn't be able to resist this human need. Mm. And there was not a question of like whether Jesus would heal or not, like, um, or could heal. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we, we can't say that these 20 people that said they were healed by Jesus really weren't. Everything mm-hmm. was verifiable. I mean, he actually really truly healed. Yeah. Yes, so I mean, thoroughly. if he was fraudulent in that, if he said be healed and that person wasn't really healed, yeah. they would have gotten him on this. Mm-hmm. But here is, they they know he's legitimate right. when it comes to healing. Oh, yeah. And instead of embracing that, oh my goodness, we have a healer in our midst. We have somebody mm. who can help the lame to walk. We have somebody who can help the blind to see. Um, instead of um, coming to Jesus and receiving, they want to condemn. And that mm-hmm. word accuse there means to bring a lawful um, accusation or something that they can take to court against Jesus. Yeah. You know what? This actually, I have a history example that came to mind from this. Yes. Sorry, everyone, but I don't. No, we love <laughs> no, it. We love all it. those yeah. little things. But yeah, just even that whole thought of like, like basically waiting to be offended by him. Like, yes. okay, like I can't yeah. just see what he's going to do. And it reminded me um, recently for one of my classes, I was writing a paper on the Moravians who were a yes. group of uh, missionaries in the early 1700s. And uh, I remember studying about how when they went to go and minister to the Native Americans, they went and lived among the people and a lot of the other like denominational missionaries, they weren't doing that. They, you know, they might send somebody in for a couple of days or something. They'd go back and forth. Mm-hmm. But then too, the Moravians uh, were really um, impressed. The Lord impressed on them to preach Christ and him crucified, to preach the cross first and then worry about all the other stuff, you know, the theology and everything. But, uh, you know, and the Lord was moving and people are getting saved. Like it was clear, like God was really, doing something mm. and they were being received. And these uh, other denominations uh, or missionaries from other denominations and pastors, they started coming in because they, they felt threatened by this, you know, mm. kind of like the Pharisees, right? Just kind of threatened, like, wait, what are you doing? And they said, no, 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 you're not teaching theology first. Like, why aren't you guys, you have to give them the doctrine of sin and God is a righteous judge. And then you can get to Jesus eventually. But they were like, no, we should be preaching mm. Christ first. We'll get to that part. Yes. Yeah. But we, but they can and it was interesting. Too. They were looking for something yes. wrong yes. in what they were doing. That broad point that was so yes, off subject, but Paul always starts <laughs> with the gospel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every epistle begins with the gospel because that's the foundation for 
for what we do. Yes. Yeah. What we do and why we believe what we believe. He starts with the gospel. And yeah. in Acts, Peter starts with the gospel in chapter two. Exactly. So exactly. I'm with the Moravians. Yes. yes. They were, yeah. And just the fact that God was moving and they couldn't rejoice in that. Yeah. These other people, mm. they had to come in and nitpick what they were. Wait a minute. You're not doing it in the right but order. Think about even today so many when God's doing a work and you can't call out the legitimacy because God's actually working in yes. people. So mm. you go to criticize. And mm. I don't think what the Lord wants. And I love Aquila and Priscilla because they saw Apollos who was teaching yes. the word and they came just to help him. And I think we've lost that whole thing of being like the Holy Spirit, being a paracletus to come along and help people. Mm. And we, we come instead to criticize. And, you know, there's that song, I don't want to be a Pharisee. Because yeah, a Pharisee yeah, yeah. ain't fair, you see? You know, um, Angie, you, yeah. we were going to talk about what a Pharisee I was just going to ask you that. Because here we have the Herodians and the Pharisees. And mm. interestingly, they didn't normally get nope. along. Nope. But here they are with this joint thing yes. against Weird. Jesus. Yep. Yes. And so tell us, what is a Pharisee? So the <laughs> Pharisees really developed after um, it was a, a body of uh, men. And I think their beginning, their initiation was probably uh, well-intended. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think of someone like Ezra, who was a scribe, who just wanted people to keep the law mm. desperately, you know, so we don't go into exile. We don't want this curse on us again. Don't we want all the promises of God? Yeah. And they mm-hmm. saw the law as the way into the promises of God. If we can just be obedient enough instead mm. of seeing that the way into the promises of God was by relationship with God, was mm. by faith um, and letting God, you know, help you with the Torah. And so what they did is they wrote, they began to write all these extra laws. Um, so by the time we get to Jesus, it becomes more about the rules you keep mm-hmm. um, more. And, and yeah. the Sabbath becomes more important than men. And they've lost They've just lost the purpose of the law that again, it's mm-hmm. to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're thinking it's like, I've got to just keep this scrupulously, but yeah. they also feel like we're in. Mm-hmm. We are totally accepted. Gentiles right. are out, yeah. which is so interesting that they are with the Herodians because the mm-hmm. Herodians were those who were faithful to Herod mm-hmm. and they were Hellenists. They were Greeks who embraced Rome. And these were two factions that absolutely hated each other. Yeah. So the Pharisees would be more with the temple mm-hmm. and with the, uh, the operation of the temple. But again, installed in the temple were these, um, were the chief priest and the high priest mm-hmm. uh, were also, um, you know, uh, in cahoots with Rome, so to, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, and they were trying to keep their position by mm. keeping Rome happy. So they both recognized, whether they were Herodians or Pharisees, that Jesus was a threat yep. to both because he was showing how the law really should be mm-hmm. lived yeah. out. Yeah. So they can't get him on healing because he really is, le- he really heals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just always... It's just kind of, uh, what's the word? I've just always been so like confounded by by their hardness of heart. It's like, yeah. oh my goodness, this guy is healed. Like, yes. how could they, they be care so about him? It's crazy. But, but the yeah, fact that they would exploit a man. Yes. They yeah. would exploit exactly. this man who's like got a problem. Yeah. They, would, they don't care about him. Oh, they don't care so about sad. his need. It has nothing to do with him. 
Because if, if they cared about his need, they wouldn't have brought him in on the Sabbath and then yep, just watched yep. Jesus closely. And they're willing to either see this man continue with a shriveled arm mm. or mm-hmm. exploit him with his, with his injury to accuse Jesus. And you're just like, boy, that is hardness of heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This it is, is so it. When we're exploiting others to our end, to get our end accomplished. Validate our right. position. Yep. Validate our, our bad position, you know, mm-hmm. that condemnation. It, it's like that. And like you said earlier, mm-hmm. Jesus is grieved. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. angry yeah. and he's grieved. Mm-hmm. Their hard hearts broke mm-hmm. his heart. Yes. And that word grief yes. has to do with like just this inward, like when you're in so much well, pain, sickness. you want to bend over. Mm-hmm. It's just, he is so thoroughly heart sickened mm-hmm. by this because they've taken his father's good Torah. Yeah. They've taken the good gifts that God has given them right. and they're exploiting one who is less than. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I feel like that's the point in this day, On too. God's day, right. Yeah, that Jesus wants to deal with the heart issues, and yeah. he wants our hearts to be soft and to be right before him. Mm-hmm. And then that brings life and hope and Sabbath mm-hmm. and rest. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing, oh, sorry, he's, he's fixing their conception of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath is for good. Before right. he said, the Sabbath is for man. Now he's saying, the Sabbath is about saving lives. Mm-hmm. It's about doing good. And, and it's not about ignoring human need. Mm-hmm. It's not about exploiting human need. It's not about keeping a rule. It's about right. saving life and doing good. Yes. Do you have anything you want to add before we move yeah, on? Yeah, just as our take, just yeah, on the takeaway away there. I mean, I, you know, I was, um, reading in Psalm 103 this week, and this was something that has actually stood out to me before where it mm-hmm. says that uh, the Israelites, that they saw his works, but Moses understood his ways. Mm-hmm. And just that contrast again, like, you know, the Israelites saw everything God did, but then they'd complain and get all like upset with God because they didn't understand his ways or his heart. They didn't have any faith that he would continue to provide for them. They just would forget what he did, what his works were. And I was thinking like, here's these guys, they're seeing his works, mm-hmm. but they don't understand his ways. And they're yeah. so threatened because they don't understand, right. as we keep saying, the heart of God and yeah. the desire for relationship. I had one more thought and then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm ready to go on. But I had the thought that Jesus never stops being Jesus. No right. matter like the consistency. what um, the opposition is, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't care about favoritism or about drawing the crowds. He's going to be Jesus no yep. matter what's leveled against him, no mm. matter who's watching, Jesus is still Jesus and acting like Jesus. Yeah. And I just like, wow, you know, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus yeah. never changes. And I just love the fact that he's not intimidated. Well, oh, just to pacify these people, I won't mm-hmm. heal this man in need. He's like, no, come Bring here. It on. I'm going to do it yes, publicly consistent. because I'm Jesus. And this mm-hmm. is what, as Jesus, I do. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Mm, not Didn't afraid of the backlash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. So good. That's, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to day 16, Mark 3, 7 through 12. Jasmine, do you mind reading it? I'm on it. <laughs> right. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and beyond the Jordan and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they heard how many things he was doing, came to him. So he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. For he healed many, so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him. 
And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. But he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. Mm. Well, so I found it really interesting in the first question, how does he describe those who are following Jesus? He described it as a great multitude. And then it lists all these cities. Yes. What did you think of that? No, I, I know. I went and I've never done this before, but I went on the map and looked and I was like, oh my goodness, like Idumea, that's like almost a hundred miles away. Hmm. Tyre and Sidon are way up north. I mean, they weren't just local. I mean, they're coming from really in back, you know, now we can drive a hundred miles, no problem. But back then... That takes a long time yeah, to think walk about there. Walking out a half a day or yeah. a whole day to walk there. And just because here's hope. Here's right. something, yes. Here, here is someone who can heal and who is healing. But then I thought, too, some are coming to see a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. why the boat needs to be kept ready. And I was thinking how sometimes we put our own needs above Jesus mm. or above people. And in seeking to get our need, you know, people that are really needy, they crush the very person that is trying to help them. Boy, that's true. And these it? people would have crushed the very person that was trying to help mm. them in their, in their need. Like, mm. yeah, like how people who are drowning will start pulling, yes, they'll panic right. and pull down the person trying yeah. to rescue them. And even to sometimes because of competition, like, you know, like, um, in, in some of the lootings that have been going on, I mean, mm. they were asking like these looters, well, I, I thought I wasn't going to, but then I, why should they get it all? So I went in totally. and did this. And there's almost this sense of, well, if you're touching them, I want to touch them. Mm. And it's no longer about Jesus or who he is, but only about what he can do and the novelty of being able to touch him. And there's no love here. Hmm. There's no concern for Jesus. They're not listening. This is like one of those places where we don't read um, that he's teaching the word to them. Right? They're right. not listening. They are there just to touch to him. Yeah. And so crowds aren't always what you want. Hmm. Totally. Yeah. And you know, I did think of that. I was like, what were the motives of these people? Yes. They weren't all. Maybe some genuinely were there for the right reason, but there were so many that were, like you said, they're just opportunistic or coming to see signs or Mm -hmm. who knows And yet he didn't abandon them? Yes. Yes. I mean, because I would, uh, you know, me, you guys have the wrong motive. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back off. No, totally. Yeah. But instead, it just has a boat. That question, too, you think of how um, the wisdom of Jesus, that he knew in this situation he needed to do this. And again, I think that he's spending his time with the Lord, the Father, and that's where he knows, okay, we can't be in a house anymore. We have to move out to the sea. Mm. We have to have a boat so we can be like mm-hmm. separated out, and that's wisdom. Yes. But you also read that it's in Luke chapter 5 that he sat on this boat, mm. and he taught them mm. from the boat. I just mm-hmm. love that picture of Jesus sitting on the, the bow of the boat with mm. his feet maybe in the water um, and preaching to the crowds. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great to me. Yeah. Preaching to the crowds on shore. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he knew that he needed to put this distance. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love that Jesus, I took care of Jesus. That <laughs> he did not and he would not allow the crowds to crush him. Yeah. Like he's not a doormat. This is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, no, I'm going to preach to you and I'm going to give you what you need. But I'm mm-hmm. going to do it from here. Yeah. Because of your motives. Mm-hmm. But he didn't stop preaching. He did not stop teaching. He just put some distance there. That's and good. I just think of that yeah. wisdom that yes. he took measures 
so that he couldn't be exploited. Mm-hmm. The balance. Mm-hmm. There's a balance there. Like wisdom. Yeah. Like you said, to separate, but not to push away and not to say, mm-hmm. I refuse to deal with you guys. Right. But, I just, yeah, right. he's still but, accessible. But that's wisdom sometimes to mm-hmm. not be crushed mm-hmm. because sometimes mm-hmm. we get so into ministry. I got to minister. I got to minister that we allow the ministry to crush us. Uh, this is, you know, as leadership, you just allow the minister to crush because we're doing it for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus would say, Sabbath, rest, right. and pull away. Pull away because he knows that crushing. He knows what the large crowd can do and the demands the crowd is making on him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think this is such a healthy day. Mm-hmm. Day 16 totally. is just such a healthy Where day. Where is that? Isn't that later in the Gospels when you said come away to a quiet place yes. because they were ministering so much yes. and getting worn out? Yeah. Where was that? It was remember, just but. when they come back from, um, I think it's Matthew chapter 9 or 10, mm-hmm. but it was just after um, you have two things. You have John the Baptist being put to death and you have, they've just come back from their first missionary um, endeavor. So just right, 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 right. So they're ministering, giving, giving, mm-hmm. giving. Yeah. Okay, I think so we'll get that in Mark too. Did you have anything to add as your takeaway for the day? Um, just that he brought life to everyone he touched. Mm. He was a servant and a healer. And I love that part you brought out about his wisdom in doing it, but just that he was so approachable and yes. he would touch the untouchable and everyone that he touched, he brought healing and life to. You know, and I did, I did think of that too, just the, the personal touch and how much that means. I was actually thinking of a woman we all know, um, Kathy Clark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love her because um, she's one of those, she hugs everybody. And it's like, she doesn't even think about it before going right in. Now. What? Mm-hmm. Well, not right now. Holy Sorry. waves. Yes, Holy waves. this is all. Yeah, exactly. We have, yes, this is the wrong chapter for social distancing. <laughs> no wonder Jesus said, I need to be in this boat six feet away from you. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought of her when I thought about that, the, the approachability and just that, because she's just goes in for the hut. doesn't matter who it is. If she just met them, I'm like, wow. And just what that means to people. It breaks you see down barriers. such a response. People really respond to okay, her because of that. It's let's so go back sweet. to the boat because I just saw something that I didn't see. Mm. And I think about the COVID because there are some people okay. that are really mad at the church for making taking any safety measures. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. You know, like, oh, no, you should live by faith and no weapon formed oh, against me yeah, is going to yeah, yeah, prosper. Yeah. And what are you doing? And this is actually a conspiracy by the government and mm. not taking any safety precautions. And Jesus took safety precautions That's and good. they were social distancing <laughs> safety precautions. Hmm. And so I, I just think, wow, I just saw that. Again, about wisdom. Yes. Yeah, so many little things stuff. here. Yeah, yes. I love it. Yes. Okay, let's move on to day 17, Mark 3, 13 through 19. Cheryl, do you mind reading that? No, and this is just probably one of my favorite days. Okay. Jesus went up the mountain and summoned those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, to be with him, to send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the 12. To Simon, he gave the name Peter. And to James, the son of Zebedee, and to his brother John, he gave the name Boagnerges, that is, (laughs) sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, and Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So good. Okay, so 
In this, Jesus calls the ones he wanted. And I got a cross-reference that Luke 6.12 said that before he did this, he went away and he prayed all night, which reminds me of what we looked at a couple weeks ago too, about Jesus really getting that instruction from the Father before Mm. he made these decisions. And I was reading too that he summoned those he wanted. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just the 12 that he summoned. But this large, you know, those who were following that he knew were sincere, probably Matthias mm. uh, was among those. And he brought them all up onto the mountain. And then he designated the 12 as leaders mm-hmm. that would mm-hmm. continue to lead the other disciples. Um, and so these are the ones he's going to train. These are the ones he's kind of appointing for leadership mm. of his church. Yeah, and that blessed me because I was just like, oh, he wanted all of them. It's yeah, not like mm-hmm. I only want these, these 12. Right, he right. wanted everybody who wanted to be with him. That's it's right. Like, yes, That's I want, good. you know yes. what I mean? And that was, is would that be the 70? Or no, maybe not. No, we no, I think that. it's it a larger crowd than that. Than that. And, yeah. and he appointed. I was wondering about that. He appointed. Mm. So again, the appointment. These, I'm going to bring even closer. Yeah. I'm going to train them up for leadership is mm-hmm. how I See it. And then he calls them apostles. And this uh, title means one who is sent with a message. And it was a common... Like an ambassador, right? Yeah. It mm. was a common title in mm-hmm. those days. But Jesus brings it up to uh, a different... Elevates it. Right. Uh, this uh, level. And he invests He invests these with his, uh, with his presence. Like these were the ones that he was going to just very... Um, personal up close, like you're mm-hmm. going to go every place with me. And it would be, it would be both, um, how do I say this? It would be both a curse and a blessing in some ways, mm-hmm. because now they'd be scrutinized just yeah. like Jesus was scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Now they would come under kind of the eye of the Pharisees for critiquing as would, um, you know, but it would be a blessing because they would get to mm-hmm. know Jesus and they would be Everywhere Jesus was. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that first question, what was the first purpose for which he called them? Oh, this was, this was my favorite takeaway on okay. this day. Did you want to go first? No, you. All right. You looked like you had something. So I was just going <laughs> to... I'm curious to hear what your answers oh, are. All I was going to say was, I, obviously, it's to be with him. Mm-hmm. And that's the priority. And that, I mean, it's kind of like what we've already been talking about, how relationship comes first. And I was actually, um, you know, the had me do one of those little devotions this this week on the website and everything. Um, And that was what stood out to me because they said, um, we're talking about purpose, gifts, and calling. Do Romans 11.29, that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable or irrevocable. And we always think of that in terms of, I mean, I do. Like, oh, my gifts. Like, do I have the gift of teaching or Mm -hmm. mercy or all of this stuff? But what I realized in context is that Jesus is talking about the Jews and, you know, and then if you look at the Greek, if you go to Blue Letter and look at the Greek and those in context, when it's talking about gifts and calling, it's ca- talking about calling to salvation. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the first gift. The first calling is to relationship with God. That's the first calling. Everything else will come out of that. And if you are pursuing those other things instead of Jesus first, then it's going to get out of balance and unhealthy. So, so okay. that really, mm-hmm. that really spoke to me. I was like, oh, that's so confirming. It really encouraged me. Be with him first. Good word. <laughs> So I was thinking too of Colossians where it says, in everything you do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, just to be mm. with him, to companion, to travel, to work, to minister mm. in everything. And I think that prayer is a way that we remind ourselves in all that we're doing mm. that he is with us. Because mm-hmm. he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that you may boldly say, you know, I am your help. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't fear what man can do to you. Yes. Um, Hebrews chapter 13. And I was just thinking, okay, 
It's about, as you said, it's about that companionship. Mm -hmm. But I think that we need to practice the presence of the yes. Lord mm -hmm. in all these places Lord. too, because this is this is His purpose again with us, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why it's so important for us to be in God's Word. Mm -hmm. And you see the difference between the people we were looking at in just the last day where they had hard hearts and then the ones that were following after when he went out on the boat, they were just coming to be healed. And so yeah. here he pulls these aside and he's letting them watch him and follow his example so that they can be like him. And that's, yes. that's really good too because he didn't invest authority in everyone exactly. who followed him. But he chose mm. these 12 to invest in. And I think that's important in the church too, or, or even in our lives, because sometimes, you know, in this current um, culture of, you know, uh, you know, giving everyone like you, even the kid who doesn't play on the oh, team. participation. Mm. Right. Yeah, awards. And, yeah. But it's about those who participate. Those who are close are the ones that are going to be drawn in even further. And so he doesn't invest. And, you know, power it's a dangerous thing to some people. Mm -hmm. Power can be so dangerous. You give somebody a little bit of power and the next thing you know, they're ordering and they're making new rules. Mm. And so he chooses these 12 to invest his, his, his gospel with, mm -hmm. which is, you know, power to give them his message and knowing that they're going to keep it straight yeah. and not corrupt it mm -hmm. and to invest his authority over darkness and over demons or his power in, you know? I think a good example too is like an ambassador. When you think of an ambassador to another country, they have right. all the authority of that country, of the ruler of that country, and they're going out into that country to mm. do what the master or the their home country wants them to do. And right. they've been pre-approved. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you have to go through, um, you know, a, a type of training to be an ambassador. Because somebody who's like an American who's just living in that country is not necessarily the best um, representative, representative right, mm -hmm, right. of the country. That's a good point. Okay, so looking at the different list of the disciples' names, is there any things that stood out to you in that list of names? Well, one Peter is always first in every list because there's other lists that come about the disciples. Peter is always first. Interesting. Interesting. But this time he's I'm, not with his brother. No. And I wondered if that's because Mark is refers to like Peter is like um, a mentor? his father mentor. Yeah. And so he just puts Peter first, but his brother Andrew isn't right next to him. It could be. But Judas is always last. Interesting. And then the names are somewhat different because you'll read a different thing and go, wait, you know, where's this mm -hmm. person? Where's this person? Like uh, Bartholomew and, and some of these names, mm. uh, which will be different. And most people believe that Bartholomew was um, Nathaniel that's in John chapter one. Okay. Mm. But it was very common for men in this time to have different names. Mm. So um, like, for instance, this is the Gospel of Mark, but in other right. places he's called John Mark. John Mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. sometimes to distinguish them from others, if they didn't have like a different place of residency, they would give them a different name. And then we also see that Jesus gives new names. I saw that. Oh, so yeah, do you think yeah. this is new callings, new names? Well, I don't know, because I think the Sons of Thunder, he's reminding James and uh, John of their nature. Yep. You yep. know, and in another place... Um, Mm -hmm. John is called by a different name. I can't remember what it is, but he's reminding them of their nature that mm. um, almost like don't give in to that nature. And, you know, in the mm. 
later in this gospel, we'll see that, you know, John's like, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we forbid them. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah, like, no, totally. no, 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 no. <laughs> like son offender or, you know, should we call down fire from this? Yeah, no, totally. no, 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 you know, and I think that they thought like, we're going to bring it in, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus, we're going to put Jesus on the throne, which was counterproductive to all that Jesus came to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking too, um, and this kind of goes into what my takeaway was as well, was mm-hmm. in, in choosing Judas, it was just, again, a reminder, like nobody who knew what was going to happen would choose Judas, a human. Right. You know what I mean? We wouldn't. Uh, it reminded me of like uh, when when God told Jeremiah, you're going to preach and nobody's going to get saved. It's like, that is such a hard calling. And then to, I'm going to choose Judas and I know he's going to betray me. But mm. it reminded me, and this is something I think I've seen when I've studied the gospels in the past that stands out through the whole, the whole story is the purpose and control that Jesus has over everything. He chose Judas. You know, that, there was a plan in all of this. Mm. It wasn't like anything ever got out of you know what I mean? Like caught him off guard or was out of his control or his direction. There was just always the sense of purpose and sovereignty in what he was doing. But also the sense of opportunity. Hmm. Like Judas hmm. was given yeah, every opportunity. Oh my goodness. That all of the, the other guys world. had. Yeah. To embrace Jesus, but he by his own volition. You know, and I think sometimes we raise children mm. and we give them everything. We give them all the love. Right. We give them all this, but by their own volition they choose. Mm. And we're like, well, why would God let me have that child? Or why would God put this person in a place of authority? And I think it's due to God's righteousness Mm -hmm. that he gives everyone that, why Saul? Why would Saul be the king of Israel when he was going to go, you know, bad? Mm. And God gives in his righteousness, everyone equal opportunity. Boy, isn't that like, that reminds me of, because that is, that's God's character. Mm -hmm. Like even in Revelation, you know, you read about all the judgments and everything, but you also read that the angel with the everlasting gospel is going out preaching, even in the midst of all this, Mm -hmm. he's always trying to give opportunity to people and they reject him. You know what I mean? He's, or like Pharaoh, you know, God gave him every opportunity. So are we going to move on with that? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay, moving on to day Because we've got like five minutes. We do? Oh, whoops. Okay. I had to say that though. That's good. (laughs) It's so good. But do you ever wonder like, when I'm looking at this, like, do we have enough to talk about? It's like, oh my goodness, we have so much Oh, I had a couple days, yeah, where I was like, question mark. I don't know. (laughs) So good. Okay, Mark 3, 20 through 30. Is it my turn? Yes. Do it. Yep. (laughs) Then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, he's out of his mind. Mm. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. So he said to himself and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder the house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and who and whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has an unclean spirit. Mm. I I think the most important thing on this day, though, is just simply that Jesus is the only um, 
remedy against sin and the curse of mm-hmm. sin. And if you don't receive Jesus, then there's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's eternally gone. But if you receive Jesus, his, his blood, his sacrifice, his work for us is so potent that no matter what you've done before, it can be forgiven. It can, you can be washed clean. That's how, that's how incredible it is. But only through taking Jesus. If you don't take Jesus, there, that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. How can you not? It's like if you have a snake bite and someone gives you the anti-venom, mm-hmm. um, if you say, well, I want, you know, I want to be over this, but I don't want that anti-venom, you're going to die of the mm-hmm. snake bite. But if you take the anti-venom, you're able to be healed and yes. get rid of the anti-venom. Yes. Uh, the, the venom. Mm-hmm. Venom. Yeah. And so again, we see choice. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The choice. Um, just changing gears. Can I just say one thing? Because I thought yes. it's really pertinent for where we're at right now in our society. Uh, the, the verse about like binding the strong man. Yes. Uh, and he will plunder his house. It just uh, brought me back. It reminded me of how many like missionaries uh, mm-hmm. like, especially yes. like Lilius Trotter yes. would say, you know, yes. we need to bind the strong man. Remember that this is a spiritual yes. battle. And mm. I was thinking, I've been thinking about that a lot with all the riots and everything. You see that behind all this, you know, all the people, there is a work, the enemy is at work. And what do we need to do? Completely. We need to pray and remember we battle not against flesh and blood. I mean, obviously there's practical things we want to do as well, but, but not to forget prayer and not to forget the importance of like, you know, that God is greater. Well, Mary Slessor always said that prayer is the, um, is the dynamite that yes. blows up the road so God can work. Yes. And clears uh, the path. Clears the path because, it, you know, anyway, I could get into that, but I've got to be careful. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I saw too that I saw, um, and I think this is what we need to understand about Jesus' family is they were trying to manage Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you go to John chapter yep. seven, they, they say to him, you know, nobody does the great works like you do. And, you know, doesn't just show himself to the world. So now they're hearing mm-hmm. that he's not eating. He's not taking time for himself and they're worried. And I think that the brothers of Jesus were at this point a bit exploitive too, Hmm. that they wanted to use Jesus to their own ends. Like if we bring him back to the family, this is our brother. Like he's just other disciples, but he's Hmm. our brother. So they want to take him and they want to manage him. And Jesus will not be managed. Well, doesn't that come up next where they're like, your mother and your brothers are here, like showing preference. Yes. Yeah. But he's not going to be managed. And mm-hmm. I just think that's like, there's so many that want to manage Jesus and he will not be mm-hmm. managed. That's really good. So something I saw too with the Holy Spirit, you know, like it's talking about not quenching the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I looked into what is the job of the Holy Spirit? Like what mm-hmm. has he been sent to do? And if we understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I think us it helps us understand what that is. And he was sent in John 16, it says he was sent to convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. And in John 15, 26, it mm. says he was sent to testify of Jesus. Yes. And so it points us back to Jesus. We need to believe in Jesus. And like you were saying, then he forgives us of our sins. And then we don't have to worry about this. Yeah. Mm. And going back to John chapter 16 too, he says, because mm-hmm. I have come into the world, because mm-hmm. I, and he brings it back, um, you know, he will convict the world of sin because mm-hmm. I've come, you know, he will of righteousness because I've set the standard of righteousness, yes. you know, and of condemnation because I came into the world to give them a way out. Mm-hmm. And so the spirit brings you back 
to the work of Jesus and to the righteousness of Jesus and to your own sin. Mm -hmm. And so, and that you need, as we said, the Mm anti-venom, that you need this. And this is the only way of salvation is through Jesus in the gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good word. Okay. Do you guys have any other takeaways from this day? That's a great way to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Point all the way, point back to Jesus constantly. Yeah. yeah. And did you have anything you want to add? Or we well, can... I was just thinking about <laughs> Jesus um, needs to be my focus. Yep. I agree. And he forgives men and men do not forgive. Mm. But Jesus forgives. I mean, we've seen this hardness of heart. But yep. here we see Jesus saying, anyone that will drink can drink and be forgiven. And then I, I think about how men wrongly attribute to Satan, what God has done. Mm. Jesus was delivering men yeah. from the power of Satan, and they want to give that to, to Satan. And right. I was just thinking about, mm. like, when we see others in the name of Jesus, not to attribute that to Satan, the work of God ever to Satan, but to give God the glory. Mm. Good word. Thank you. Mm. Well, this week, one of the things that really stood out to me is just the importance of where our hearts are at, keeping our hearts soft. Mm-hmm. Don't resist the work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and teaching you about Jesus, receive what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you of who Jesus is and get our eyes fixed on Him. Such mm-hmm. a good word this week in Mark. And we hope that you've been encouraged by it. And we hope that you will continue to dig into God's word and just grow in your relationship with who Jesus is. He loves you and he has a plan for your life. Just like he chose those 12 disciples, he has chosen each of us and he has a purpose and a plan that he wants to use us in and wants to further his kingdom through us. And even just by having these conversations and talking with each other about what we learn in God's word, God uses us. So I hope that you will take the time to encourage somebody else with what the Lord's shown you this week. And next week, we're going to be looking at lessons 19 through 24. And if you're following along just in the Word, we're going to be covering Mark chapter 331 through 434. And be checking us out on Facebook, CCCM Women. And check us out on Instagram, CCCM Women. We're going to do a little giveaway this week. So more details will be coming soon. So follow us on those two places, Facebook and Instagram, and uh, invite a friend to follow us too. So Jasmine, do you want to close us in prayer? It's a good teaser there. Yeah. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for your word that recenters us um, in the midst of crazy times, Lord. We can always bring it back to Jesus and find there what we need, Lord. Uh, <laughs> grace, truth, uh, all of those things, balance, the wisdom, Lord, uh, the compassion. We find it all in you. And we thank you so much for that, Lord. And uh, I pray, God, that we would really lean into your spirit, Lord Jesus, that we would be filled to overflowing with your spirit and allow, as Angie was just saying, your spirit to lead, to direct, to prompt, that we wouldn't uh, resist those promptings, Lord, but that we would uh, really seek all that he wants to reveal to us about you and and to show us how to apply those things to our lives, Lord. Um, increase our faith, Lord. Mm-hmm. Increase our prayer lives, Lord, to know we don't battle against flesh and blood. Uh, but we want to just do battle in the spiritual realm by bringing everything to you in prayer and uh, trusting you to move and to work 
in these situations in our lives. And so we love you, Lord. We thank you so much for how you keep opening us, opening our eyes to more and more of who you are. And we ask that that would continue throughout the week, Lord Jesus. We love you and commit it to you in your name. Amen.